This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Emily Harris. <laughs> what is your primary role in the line dance community? Uh, mostly dancer. Mostly dancer? Yeah. All right. We're also joined by Megan Barsulia. Hello. How are you today, Megan? Um, looking forward to dancing tonight, for sure. Indeed. <laughs> so. All right. Well, first, let us, let us address the nine-ton dinosaur in the room. What can you tell us about <laughs> Dancing Rex? Um, what is your relationship with Dancing Rex? I am the Dancing Rex's handler. All right. <laughs> um, the Dancing Rex goes everywhere with me. Mm-hmm. So no matter where I'm at, um, I don't even necessarily know when the Dancing Rex decides to make appearances. Um, and it usually likes to make appearances at events when it's learned a new... I, well, I usually learn a new line dance, and then I teach it to the Dancing Rex so that the Dancing Rex can share it with all of its friends at a social the night of. Nice. <laughs> what uh, appearances might be included on that list so far? Um, it's made, its first appearance was at Bex in Lancaster, uh, California. Um, it's made an appearance at Vegas Line Dance Explosion, um, Palm Springs, and Spring Fling. Hmm. Yes, you were recently at Spring Fling. What can you tell us about Spring Fling? Megan and I were elsewhere that weekend. We didn't get to see it, so we know very little about it. It was a lot of fun. Um... I mean, compared to, like, the big, giant uh, Vegas line dance explosion, it was more intimate. Um, There's only one ballroom going at one time, Um, so everybody's taking the same lessons. But everybody was super nice. All the lessons were geared anywhere from easy to advanced. Um, Everybody was super helpful on the floor. Um, It was a very, like relaxed vacation style hmm. type of workshop, which was cool. It was nice. Hmm. Okay. What were some of the dances you learned? Um, mm-hmm. Stomp Your Feet Yay. by Shane McKeever. That one was really fun. That's actually the one that the, dex- the, the Dancing Rex decided to do. Um, and then uh, Thumbs Up. Like that um, one. Which was <laughs> a lot of fun. That's Amy and Scott? Yes, Amy and Scott. And uh, Take It Off by Trevor Thornton and I want to say Brendan. The Brendan-Brendan situation can be confusing. It, Roman is Roman and Swift. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Two names, I'm just not sure which one. Yeah. Because yeah. he always does so many collaborations with one or the other or mm. both. I think they go by TB2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those, those were all really fun ones. Mm-hmm. What would you say would set that apart uh, from other events? Like, what can you see there that you wouldn't at others? I know Fun in the Sun, they talk about how it's, uh, it's like in Florida in July, so you can have a lot of pool stuff. So what, what would we expect from something like Spring Fling? Um, they also have a big, huge um, competition and other event going on at the same time, oh. um, which entrance into Spring Fling doesn't necessarily include that. Mm-hmm. But you do get to witness all of it. Like, there would be um, people practicing for their West Coast swing competition coming up or their two-step competition coming up, which was really interesting to see. Um, You can get another wristband that would allow you entrance into those, Um, which 
if I didn't want to do all the workshops and just do all of the things, I probably would have done that as well. Mm. Um, but it's really interesting to see like another aspect because there's technically two events going on at once. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to see a whole other aspect of the line dancing and the dancing community going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And even the crossovers between the two, like people like walking past the hallways, we all knew each other was there for dancing. So they're like, Oh, Hey. And even if you weren't necessarily there for their event, they were still very welcoming and very excited to see you and share all of their dancing with you. So that was really awesome. Speaking of dance crossovers, what can you tell us about your journey to stagecoach this year? Oh goodness. Um, this year I was able to be on the official stagecoach dance team in the honky tonk dance hall. Um, and it was one of the most phenomenal experiences ever. Um, a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of dancing, a lot of sore muscles and sore feet. Um, but it was well worth it. Um, Anne Marie Dunn did a fantastic job of putting everything together. Um, she made sure that everything ran smoothly. Um, I got to meet and dance next to amazing talent on the honky tonk stage and just experience so many different styles of dancing and um different variations and like flair and oh you guys do this dance to this song and um that was really cool uh they also had a backstage area where we could like kind of talk and just hang out and see everybody's different experiences and dancing and some of them have only been dancing since November and made it onto the dance team which was really impressive or some of them have only been dancing for like one or two years and they went out there and just completely rocked the stage which was so awesome to see just raw talent up there and I got the opportunity to be up there with them which was fantastic. Mm. What can you tell us about the dancing in this area in Southern California. So we're from Northern California and we know that there's an interesting and unique energy down here with all the bars. And yeah. Um, it's funny because we are very fortunate out here to have so many different dance bars that aren't super far from each other. Um, I mean, I'm one of the quote unquote crazy ones that travels long distances to drive but mm -hmm. even so I'm only traveling like two hours one way to go dancing but with that time frame of only wanting to travel two hours one way to go dancing for a night I have so many different options and each bar is different in and of itself even um, so it's really nice and I'm very fortunate to have that option of what do what kind of environment do I want to be in tonight mm -hmm. um so we do have a lot of different energy wise um and like I said even going to each different bar is a different energy which is kind of nice because you get an option of what you want to do mm -hmm. um but everybody that I've met down here has been super energetic um they go on the floor and they just want to learn all of the dances and do all of the dances. And even when they're sweating buckets, they still are out there dancing and having a good time. And um, it's just really cool to see people that have such passion for it, mm -hmm. um, which everybody, everybody that I've met out here has. Mm -hmm. 
How did you get into line dancing? Um, <laughs> I was 15, <laughs> and my what would become my best friend, um, we were just starting to get to know each other, was having a birthday at the place that she goes line dancing at. Um, and we got there early and had dinner, because it was like a, a restaurant area, and they had a dance hall in the back. Um, so we got there early, had dinner, and we stayed for the line dancing, and I just never left. <laughs> Fair enough. How would you say the experience has changed since you were 15? Mm. Oh, it's changed significantly. Um, from, I mean, up until just the past couple years, I didn't even know that there was a bigger line dance world out there. You know, I was completely content to just sit in my own little dance bar corner and just do tush push and watermelon crawl and men in black and all of those dances over and over again and we didn't really have you know we were kind of really tucked away into our own little pocket um and then finally I was able to start going to other country bars and I'm like oh they're they're like there's actually more to this. Um, and then it wasn't until, like I said, the last couple of years that I really started going out more often and going to all the different country bars out here. Um, last year was my first event, um, non-country bar event, was the LA Wranglers um, and then the Vegas Line Dance Explosion. Um, and then that just opened up a whole entirely other world <laughs> that's yes. available to me, which is just phenomenal. Now, the LA Wranglers, was that the WWLA event? Yes. Okay. Yes. How was that? Because that was my first event as well, outside of the country bar. So I was curious uh, how eye-opening it was for you. Um, it was very interesting. Um I had, luckily, I had been to one of uh, Luann's classes prior to that. That's Luann Schemmel? Yes, Luann Schemmel. Um, I had been to one of her classes prior to that, so I was introduced to the uh, fast-paced of teaching style, um, and so I kind of had more of an idea of what I was getting myself into, um, that, and then also knowing Jono, uh, Lieberman, uh, he, you know, warned me that it's a very fast paced environment, um, which I love, um, because, you know, it's in the bar scene, you've got a lot of people who haven't been dancing or are drunk or, you know, have two left feet, have never had any experience dancing before. So you do have to spend more time on teaching specific moves. You know, you say a coaster step and they're like, what's a coaster step? Whereas you go to these big events and you say a coaster step and everybody's like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Um, for the most part. Yeah. There are the beginner for, rooms. For the, for the most part. <laughs> um, so it was definitely an eye-opener um, as far as the the level of line dancing that there is available. Um, but as I said, I did have kind of a, a sneak peek when I went to Luann's class a little bit before that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you're one of the, the few sort of in both worlds, sort of circuit curious. <laughs> That's are, a good way to put it. Are there any, um, any techniques or any uh, general concepts that you've brought in 
to your country bar dancing at Bex since you've been attending and watching videos from these other events? Um, a lot of the ways to explain how to do certain steps. Um, or also, like, we try to bring in, um, like, for instance, boomerang. Um, we've brought in that to Bex. Um, we try to watch how other people teach and explain or try to keep an eye on what is being taught at various different places. And if it's not a super complicated dance, then we try to bring it in. Um, and it kind of, even if it is a super complicated dance, seeing how they break things down to make it not super complicated helps a lot in explaining how to do the different moves or how to do certain transitions or things like that. So it's, it, they all kind of mesh and flow into each other, hmm. which is pretty awesome. Is there anyone that you especially look up to in the line dance community as just being a great role model for teaching, choreographing, um, dancing, being a human being? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would definitely have to be Cat Painter. Hmm. Um, she is, every, every single time I've seen her teach, she is phenomenal. She has very good energy. She interacts with a crowd. Um, I've seen her go from teaching at a big, huge uh, event like Vegas Line Dance Explosion to teaching at Stagecoach, where she's teaching thousands of people who've never had dancing experience and are have probably been drinking. Um, Plus the heat. Oh, yeah. yeah, plus the heat. And, <laughs> not you an know, ideal floor. <laughs> yeah, not an ideal floor. Um, so I've seen her teach in various different uh, scenarios, and each time she's been extremely professional, um, always been able to teach the crowd, um, interacts with them very well, and even off of the off of the teacher pedestal, she's one of the most genuine, kind people I've ever met. And she has such talent, but doesn't think she does, um, which is kind of sad because you're just like, no, just realize how good you are. <laughs> <laughs> so she would definitely have to be one of my main role models. Now, you've mentioned Bex a couple times there. What is your role at Bex? Um, I am the main DJ and backup instructor. Okay. Um, I've been working there for several years now. Um, I work very closely with uh, Camille Sheardown. She would be the main instructor and then backup DJ, so we kind of tag team it. Um, and we work very closely in trying to give everybody the best experience possible. And we work really good together, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely shows. I know I enjoy whenever I show up to Bex. Um, with also being responsible for the DJ, what kind of uh, struggles have you come across with possibly like the lighting or the sound or people's requests or anything like that? Um, the thing about Bex is we have such an eclectic list of dances that we do. Um, so, and we see such a wide variety of people that come in through our door. Um, so my rule is try to please everybody, but know that you're not going to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because there's some people who come in and they only want to hear country. 
Um, and then there's other people who come in and are, and are dancers and they want to do these dances that are to non-country songs and don't work very well to country songs. Um, so it's kind of a, a hit or miss because we are advertised as a country bar. Um, so I do try to play more country music than non-country music. Um, and like if I can find a country song alternative, I will try to play that. Um, I also, in my sets, I try to keep it geared more towards country and then have maybe one or two non-country songs versus four or five um, in a row. So that's kind of been a challenge. Um, we also have been bringing in, like we do um, Get Ugly by Jono Lieberman um, and a couple of the other more difficult dances like I said boomerang by cat painter um and we try to bring in those and they go really well but we have to like we can't play too many of them back to back so it's a lot of trying to be like okay well I already have this one in this set so I can't put this one here so I have to move this one to the next set and since I have this one here, I can't put this song here, and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of thinking and a lot of effort that goes into it that a lot of people don't realize that DJs, whether it be country bar or events, have to deal with. What's one of your favorite things about being the DJ? Um, I like seeing like when somebody puts a request in. And then I play it and they just get super excited and they rush out onto the dance floor and they're just like, yes, this is my jam. And they just go out there and totally rock that dance floor. And they're just like, yes, and so happy and excited about it. That's probably the best thing. Have there been any tools or especially exciting like tech that you've used in the line dance world? Like I know uh, for... The was it DJ Cowboy James channel? You'll see uh, something that they filmed from a GoPro, and mm -hmm. you'll have uh, Camille with her uh, mics like piped right in, so it's very easy to hear. That kind of thing wouldn't have been as easy like ten years ago, let's say. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that has made your life especially easy? Any software or social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, things um, that like we have that maybe the scene didn't before. Honestly, social media is a big, big thing. Um, when I first started, you know, like I said, I was in my own little world and didn't know about anything else other than what was being done in my own little bar that I went to. Um, and But I also didn't see anything on social media because it wasn't a, a big prominent thing back then. But now with how big social media is, um, I mean, I can see dances that are being done all over the world. And uh, if I'm not able to make it to an event, somebody somewhere has probably recorded a piece of it and has it on there with their permission. Um, so you can kind of get a little bit of that experience and it helps to bring things in and keep things fresh. Um, or also the wireless mics <laughs> are a big thing because then with the claps you don't have that awkward like thunk that the microphone makes or trying mm -hmm. to do different hand motions and you've got a microphone in your hand and trying to juggle between talking into the mic and showing them the actual hand motions. 
So those those two things are probably the the biggest ad, advancements that I've seen that have been significantly helpful. Hmm. Who would you consider to be your line dance peers? Like who gets it the way you get it? Because like I said, you're sort of rare in that you have wanted to grow out from where you started and really learn about more in the line dance world. What is it about line dance specifically that gives you that urge that maybe other forms of dance wouldn't for other people? And who else is kind of riding alongside you in that? Um, as far as riding alongside me, I'd probably have to say Megan, for one, who's <laughs> here with us. Because um, I know you said that the WWLA was your first event as well. Um, and But you had had previous line dancing experience. Um, not sure of anybody else that is really like... There's people who have kind of... Da- who have been in the bar scene, who've kind of dabbled in s- the event world or event dances. Um, but none of them have actually like gone to an event to experience that, which just changes everything. <laughs> it's definitely an, a big eye-opener because it's one thing to you know learn an event dance at home in your living room versus going to an event and getting to experience just that camaraderie um, and the way that other people teach. Um, And then as far as what makes me want to continue with line dancing is the fact that there's just so much to learn. You can incorporate so many different styles of dances. Um, You have ballet moves, you have hip hop moves, you have salsa moves. Um, and depending on the song, you know, you could have a, a line dance that's more hip hop originated or a line dance that's more salsa originated. And you get to learn all of these different things. And I like learning. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really interesting to be able to pick up bits and pieces of different dance styles, but not have to master those dance styles to do them. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, is a big push for me. Mm-hmm. What is one of the biggest things that line dance has done for you as a person? Um, that would be very easy to answer. Uh, confidence. Um, line dancing as a whole has introduced me into so much more confidence in not just who I am but how I perceive myself um and a lot of that has to do with the community itself everybody's so uplifting and um super quick to want to help you if you ever need help um and very complimenting you know oh you know you are out you you're such a good dancer you know you went out there it's nice to see you out there on the dance floor um just various different things it's helped me to realize uh who I am and also like be more comfortable in my own skin um most people deal with self-confidence issues uh I'm definitely not one who is opposite of that so I dealt with a lot of self-confidence issues and line dancing has just completely changed that for me. I mean, everybody's still going to be down about themselves, but it's created 
more confidence. Like when I walk into a room, I feel much more confident about myself and about who I am and what I'm doing. Um, and then when you get out onto that dance floor, you start realizing, oh, I don't have to be just timid and just, you know, do, 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 do. You can actually go out there and just shine and just, you know, throw your arms out and <laughs> throw your arms out and be whoever it is you want to be on that dance floor. Hmm. What are some of the problems that you have seen that you would like to see solved? Like what would really kick line dance into another gear if there were a couple of adjustments that we made to it? Um, probably the idea that line dancing is only country. Mm. Um, I deal with a lot of that in the bar scene. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, will see a dance like, um, what would be a good, uh, shady or mm. ain't too cool, um, mm. that aren't necessarily country songs, but are good dances. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll see it and they'll be like, oh, that's not line dancing. That's not country. And if I could change that perspective in a lot of people, I think it would help to move things forward. Because it doesn't have to be country to be line dancing. It's just that's where it's more prominent is in the country. So I think that would definitely significantly help push things forward as far as both um, bar scene and um, crossovers from event to bar scene. Mm-hmm. The, the environment in say an event ballroom can be very different from in a bar where you have like the colored lights and the sound of bass and all that stuff. Is there one that you prefer or do you just like each for what it is? Would you like to see more of the flashy bar stuff cross over into events or would you like to see some of the calmer, hey, I can see my own feet from events into the bar? Um, honestly, I like both. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being able to go to bars, country bars, and have the, the flashy lights and that whole experience, but I also like to go to the events and have the more focused on learning. Um, I feel like the bar scene is a more social scene um, because people aren't necessarily, when you go to a country bar, they're not necessarily focused on, oh, I want to learn this dance, I want to learn that dance. Um, they're just more focused on having fun and having fun with their friends. Whereas you go to an event and everybody's like, oh yeah, no, I like, I'm, I'm here to learn, you know, they're also there to socialize, but their main focus is learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do enjoy both separately. Um, I think line dancing as a whole can use both separately. Um, there are there have been a couple of uh, country bars that I've gone to that the lighting is just super horrible, um, and when you're like for lessons they don't turn the lights up, so it makes it kind of difficult to see what the instructor's doing. Mm. Um, so the, I mean that would be maybe the only thing that I would transfer over is maybe just bringing the lights up a little bit for at least the instructionals, mm-hmm. so you can see what you're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know. Christopher and I have talked about like ideal venue um, attributes. Mm-hmm. Um, with you going to all these different venues, what are some of the key ingredients that they do at the different places that if you could put them into one venue, what would it look like? Mm-hmm. Um, 
one is dance floor. <laughs> um, you want to make sure that the dance floor is one big enough and that the flooring is good. Um, you don't want too many, you know, like divots in the floor. You want it to be nice and smooth so that the dancers can have a good time. Um, decoration. Um, I know that sounds funny. No, totally. <laughs> um, That's one of our things. <laughs> yeah. It really changes the environment depending on the decoration that you have in a room or a building. Um, so, for instance, Montana's in San Dimas. They have a bunch of different decorations in there that are very country, like antlers. Um, they've got a bunch of um, cowboy hats and... Uh, very country things. Um, so definitely, like, the, the way that when you walk into a room, the environment is going to change depending on the decoration. So I feel like that's a big thing in you have to decide what you're wanting to have your environment as mm -hmm. and decorating it appropriately. Um, lighting, <laughs> depending on, again, what kind of environment it is that you're wanting. Um, a good seating area for those who are taking a break um or are just there to enjoy the environment um if it's a place that allows it some type of like refreshments beverages food type of thing to keep you going as we all know you get out there you start dancing you burn a lot of calories you get hungry and you need water <laughs> so those are very important um and also having a good set list. Um, if you have, if you go to a place and they don't play any of the requests that anybody's requesting, obviously nobody's going to want to go there. Um, or if you're not playing music that people are wanting to hear, then it's mm -hmm. not going to work out too well. <laughs> yeah. What do you do to prepare to go to a venue and how does that differ from how you prepare to go to an event? Um, for like bar versus event, mm -hmm. um, going to a bar, um, I would make sure I have something with pockets that way I can keep like my, um, everything on me. I try to keep everything on me, mm -hmm. um, just in case, um, that, and I'm always like bouncing around between different things. Um, I won't, it's always very crowded. So you don't always have like an eye on where your stuff is. Um, Always want to bring your ID, um, boots, that's the big popular thing to wear at the country bars is boots. You got to have your cowboy boots. Um, comfortable clothing, generally more western style. Um, and then at events, I typically go in just like regular shoes. I don't typically wear boots at events. Um... I also typically go in yoga pants. <laughs> uh, occasionally I'll be in jeans if I feel like it. Um, it's a more like relaxed um, environment as far as getting ready. Whereas when you go to a country bar, you want to get yourself dolled up a little bit. Hair, makeup, etc. Um, so it's kind of two different aspects of that. Is there any sort of a soapbox issue that you have where, like right now, let's assume you have the ear of everybody in the line dance community, the event managers and uh, your fellow DJs, the instructors and choreographers, all the dancers out there. Is there anything where you just wish you could just stand up 
on a rooftop and say, hey, everyone, or hey, individual group, here's what I have to say to you. Maybe something you'd ask of them or just something maybe for them to think about. Um, probably, because I, f- I feel like there's a big divide between events and bars. Hmm. Um, event scene and bar scene. Um, I see a lot of bar goers um, who view events as, oh, that's too complicated for me, or oh, that's way above my head, or um, oh, no, like, I wouldn't have fun there. Um, that's all, like, they're all super strict, and all they do is focus on, you know, making the steps perfect, and um, it would probably be to kind of close that gap that's there um i mean i've been to events and they've taught super beginner dances that i would bring to a beginner class hands down no problem um and they i don't think a lot of people realize that a lot of the dances that we do that are club standards at a lot of our country bars are dances that came from events Um, Things like Dizzy and Chill Factor and Asking Questions, all of those came from events and people, so people are like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't do event dances, Mm, but you kind of (laughs) do. So I think it would be to kind of just close that gap that there's just like this perceived, oh, you're either a bar dancer or an event dancer and you can't be both. So that would probably be my, my one soapbox thing. (laughs) Are there any dances that have especially challenged you that you felt the most accomplished after learning? Uh, Stomp Your Feet by Shane McKeever. Yeah. Um, uh, just because that was one of the most recent uh, difficult dances uh, that I've learned. Uh, that one was really, really fun, but also really challenging, um, especially because it has arm movements, and anytime you start getting into arm movements, that just kind of throws everything off. Um, but it's also really fun to kind of get comfortable with them and realize, oh, you know, I actually can do this. Um, and then I've been kind of trying to work on learning um, Joey Warren's new one. Um, Straight to the Castle? Straight to the Castle, yes. Um, and that one's been extremely challenging trying to learn it by yourself. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so, but I, I love, love the track and... Love the dance once I first saw it. Uh, so I've been wa- really wanting to learn that one. So that one's been giving me a hard time. <laughs> Do you have what I like to call a happy dance? Mm. Which is every time you hear it, you have to rush to the floor. And no matter what's going on in your night or your life or your year, like in that moment, this is your time. Um, you can have a few too. Yeah, it, it depends because there's chill factor if I'm with certain people um, because we do funky things during it. Um, like we do the windshield where we go like back and forth and you look like windshield wipers. Um, I guess to describe for people at home who haven't seen it, it would be like if you're standing straight up with your legs apart and you lean to your right, the person behind you starts in the same position, but they lean to their left and it alternates going back in a row. Yeah. Or there's like the old man where you walk around in a circle like you, you're you using a cane. So that we do like 
silly things like that together. So if I'm with that group of people that does that, that would probably have to be it. Um, but obviously if I'm not with them, it's kind of silly to go out there and do it by yourself because then people don't see the whole concept of it. Um, other than that, um, I can't really think of any one particular song or dance that would be my quote unquote happy dance. Um, it's more of dancing that dance with those people. Okay. Where do you see line dance going in the future or where would you like to see it go? Um, I would like to see it go a little bit more of a combination of, again, the country versus non-country. Um, I love country music. I'm a country person myself. I have horses, I ride horses, etc. Um, but I also enjoy music that's not just country. And there's a lot of dances that are really fun that are not country. So I would really like to see line dancing incorporate a lot more of that. You mentioned that your country... Yesterday we learned that you're a rodeo queen. All right. <laughs> <You learned>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yes, I uh, was part of an association that had a queen in court. Um, you had to be princess before you could be queen. Um, I was princess for two years and queen for one. Um, it was with the uh, California Gymkhana Association. I did barrel racing and pole bending. Um, went to state championships every year. Um, various different events that you had to go to throughout the year as well to keep up your status and also be presentable, etc., etc. So yes, I was a rodeo queen at one point. <laughs> you mentioned that you are a regular DJ and you assistant instruct. You dance, of course. Have you done any choreography? Um, not particularly. <laughs> um, I've kind of like... I start them, but I never finish them. <laughs> so there's that. But well, you always got to start somewhere, right? That's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I start, but I never finish. Hmm. Um, where do you want to be in, say, five or ten years from now in the dance community? Hmm. What would be, like, your dream come true if you could make it happen? Um, that... It's a good question. Um, I don't ever see myself as being like a big name choreographer or anything like that. I would like to eventually choreograph something just to try it and, well, actually finish it. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I'm perfectly content to just dance. Like, that's all I care about is I want to dance and I want to be good at it. I want to be able to go out there and you know, show people that it is possible for you to go out and just enjoy dancing and be good at it, no matter what your background is. Um, And just enjoy it because people take life too seriously sometimes and dancing too seriously sometimes. And I feel like it would be, as long as I can just keep dancing and enjoying, that's all I care about. Is there anything that you would recommend for people that would help them enjoy it more or more deeply? Um, Getting involved with friends Mm. that also have the same passion. 
Um, I feel like that's a very big aspect of it because when you're doing it by yourself, especially when you're first starting out, it can be a little intimidating. Um, and I know I always do better when I'm experiencing something new, doing it with somebody else. Um, or even grabbing a friend and being like, hey, let's go check out this place together. Um, and making it a weekly thing. Um, practicing on your own is big. I see that people, you know, like they go, they want to get into line dancing and they go to a venue and they learn a dance, but then they don't ever do it again until the next time they go. And then they, by that time they've forgotten it. Um, and especially when you're first learning out, you don't retain the dances as well. Um, because you're not familiar with the various steps or how it all works and meshes together. Uh, so practicing on your own is big because obviously the more dances you get to do when you're out, the more fun you're going to have because you get to be out on the dance floor and dancing and enjoying yourself. So I, I do feel like going with somebody and practicing on your own are two big things to kind of get started and get your foot in so that you can continue to enjoy it. Is there anybody whose choreography we should be watching out for? Like anybody who's got a good string of dances behind them that have been exciting for you lately that you think maybe you know, we should we should see what their next dance is? Um, Probably Rick Dominguez. Hmm. Um, he's recently come out with uh, Everybody Have a Good Time, mm-hmm. uh, which I absolutely adore. Hmm. Um, he's had a couple of other dances in the past as well. Um, you Look Good, uh, X's and O's. Um, Dance Like Your Daddy's Dance popular. Yeah, Dance Daddy. Like Your Daddy. It's very popular. Up um, and he, he's had a couple of other like older dances that he's choreographed, but a lot of his new stuff, like every single time it comes out, I'm just in love with it, and it starts going everywhere. Um, again, Dance Like Your Daddy, uh, You Look Good, and Everybody Have a Good Time. Um, again, we're all three featured at Stagecoach this past year. Nice. Um, they're all being done at various different bars down here in Southern California. Um, and those are three of his more recent ones. So you can only get bigger and better from there. So (laughs) he would definitely be one to kind of keep an eye on. Possibly unusual question, but are there any foods or drinks that you would recommend that help keep your energy up and keep you going for a solid day or night of dancing? Um, well, (laughs) recommend that we not try like, um, my saying is I bleed caffeine. Um, (laughs) so I drink a lot of caffeine in my day. Um, that also comes from working overnight graveyard shifts for a long time. So I kind of have that bad habit of always having caffeine on me. Um, but the big thing is hydration, um, water, Gatorade, something because you're out there and you're sweating and you're depleting your own sources. So that would be probably be a big, huge, huge aspect of staying out there longer mm-hmm. and being able to last longer. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all of the caffeine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How would people best contact you if they had questions for you? Anything that we, we hadn't thought of to think of you um, uh, for you? Facebook is probably the easiest. Mm. Um, I have my own personal Facebook um, under Emily Harris. Mm-hmm. And then I also have the Dancing Rex Facebook page. Um, that people can message on there as well. 
Um, but those are probably the best ways to contact me. Okay. So, or the dancing recs for that matter. So spelling on your name for people. Uh, E-M-I-L-Y. Mm-hmm. And then last name Harris. H-A-R-R-I-S. Um, and then for the dancing recs, if you just look up dancing space Rex, it's usually the first one that comes up. So we just look for the coolest one, and then that's, that's yeah. the one that's going to pop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Possibly curveball question that I think uh, Megan may have invented uh, in Vegas. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure? Do you have one? Outside of, <laughs> outside <laughs> of line dance. Outside of line dance. Um, outside of line dance, my guilty pleasure would probably have to be, other than like horseback riding, which I already talked about, um, reading and video games. Um, I'm a huge nerd. Uh, I love to read constantly. Um, I play video games like Final Fantasy, Zelda, uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, all of, all of the nerdy things. So that would probably be my guilty pleasure. And what have you been reading lately? Um, I'm actually reading a book called The Name of the Wind. Um, I just barely started it, so I don't have a lot of information on it quite yet. <laughs> do you have any other creative outlets like writing or anything like that? Painting? Uh, painting. Oh. I, I do painting and sketching. Mm-hmm. Um, acrylic painting is what I like to use. And then sketching. Uh, I actually did an aerial portrait um, for Elliot Marr, who is another uh, aerial enthusiast, mm-hmm. um, and I surprised that with him the last, uh, recently. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. I haven't gotten to paint in a while because I've been so busy with work and dancing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of visual art, you have a whole bunch of tattoos. What are they? How would you describe them? And what are they um, of significance for for you? Um, the main theme of my tattoos are roses. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly Red Rose. My middle name is Rose, and the Red Rose is my favorite flower. Um, So I started out with uh, Red Roses on my stomach. I have one on either side of my stomach and either side of my belly button that extend from the bottom of my rib cage all the way down to, like, your waistline. Um, Though that one was my first one. Um, I got both of them done at the same time. Um, then I got a quote on my right rib cage that says, though she be but little, she is fierce. Um, it's a Shakespeare quote, which has always been one of my favorite quotes because I'm a very tiny person, and but I'm also very feisty. It comes with being a redhead. Um, <laughs> then I have a, another quote on my left rib cage that says, with pain comes strength with an arrow. Um... It comes from the saying that when life is pulling you back, um, in order for an arrow to be shot forward, it has to be pulled back. So when life is pulling you back, just know it's getting ready to shoot you forward, and with pain comes strength. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually a lot Native American, though I don't look it. Oh. Um, I'm both Cherokee and Choctaw, so I've been very into all of my heritage as far as that goes. Um, so the, my left thigh, I have a dream catcher with roses on it. Hmm. Um, and it's just, it's mostly black and white. Uh, it has some turquoise beading on it with some red roses on the top. Um, and that's again for my heritage. 
Um, it's also the whole idea of the dream catchers being catching your bad dreams so that you can go and pursue your good ones. Um, and then on my right side, I have one that's in progress. Um, it's a wolf head on top that is again, uh, black and white, uh, themed. The eyes are going to be turquoise and then it has roses on the bottom and eventually it will have some green leaves and some beading at the bottom. Um, wolves are one of my favorite animals. Um, and it's also part of my Cherokee name. Um, it's my Cherokee name is technically star dog or star tame wolf basically um so that's again part of my heritage and kind of keeping everything together um so that's kind of the idea of that and why i got that so multiple reasons for everything and they all kind of tie into each other (laughs) okay do you have any additional questions before we hit our last one um I guess, I mean, it was much, much earlier, so we're going far back into the beginning of this. Um, <laughs> how were you selected to be on the official team for Stagecoach? Like, what did you have to do to get there? What kind of practice or anything like that? Also, for those who have no idea what we're talking about with Stagecoach, it's a country music festival in Southern California, and many big headliner singers come and do concerts. The honky tonk tent is where they have line dancing for most of the day. Um, so what I had to do is I had to compete. Um, they have this year, I think they had seven different competitions, um, at various different venues. Um, and you had to learn whatever dances they were going to be competing with. Um, there were a set of line dances and a set of partner dances and you did you had to have a partner to compete but your partner did not have to compete with you um and with that being said you can win but that doesn't necessarily mean that your partner wins if they are competing with you um so it was a lot of practicing the dances i was very fortunate to know most of them before going into my first competition this year um because they were ones that get done down here all the time mm-hmm. um so that definitely helped um but i did my competition this year it was the first competition of the year it was at uh, borderline in thousand oaks and i had jono lieberman as my partner for the partner dances um and a lot of it was practicing the partner dances so that we can make sure that we like showcased each other in them. Um, and another thing too is because I knew that they were looking for people who can be entertaining on stage is constant like smiling, making sure you look like you're having fun. Because like it's one thing to go out there and have fun. It's another thing to look like you're having fun, um, which my previous background in minor acting and modeling and stuff helped. Um, so it was just mostly practicing with Jono and making sure that our energies matched and meshed with each other. Um, and we made the smart decision of doing the line dances next to each other too, so we could feed off of each other. (laughs) Smart. (laughs) But yeah, you have to win a competition and just because you win a competition, uh, does not necessarily mean you make it onto the team. 
Um, but you basically get put into a, a pool and the, um, the stagecoach representatives pick from that pool of people um, who they want on the team and then also verify that you understand how much of a commitment it is um, and how much work it is and see if you actually do want to be on the team. Who or what is Shotgun Jefferson and what can you tell us about your relationship with him? <laughs> um, Shotgun Jefferson is an up-and-coming country band. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of really, really good music um, and they've been doing music videos um, to, one, have fun with their music but also to promote it and themselves. Um, and I have been in technically three of them at this point um i was just a background person in their dance for your freedom music video um from there they liked my energy and chose me to be the lead in their uh rompin music video along with austin smith who was the male lead um and that one was really fun. Um, we had to pretend like we were dating and dancing, and um, it worked really well with the song. And then I was also a background person in their newest one, My Miranda. Um, and then they also have an upcoming one um, for California country folk that I will be um, a background kind of head person it's it's not really all set in stone I know I'm going to be background but they also want me to do like a mini commercial for them to help promote their upcoming uh, music video and single so that'll be fun because I'll get to ride one of my horses in it so oh fun <laughs> um now I have a little bit inside with uh information with them um what have they done to help the line dance community or work alongside them or I mean because I know they've worked with you specifically but I know Mm -hmm. there's other people involved as well um they are really good about keeping a lot of people involved um they have uh Noah Rolden um as their main choreographer um so he basically they come up with a song um they propose it to him whether or not they want a line dance to it and he comes up with a line dance to it um, dance for your freedom has a line dance for it. Rompin has a line dance for it. California country folk will have a line dance for it. Um, my Miranda did not have a line dance for it. Um, so it's just a matter of which ones that they want him to choreograph to. Um, and then they also do a really good job of like in just involving everybody in the line dance community that's out here. Um, And when I say involve, I don't just mean like, oh, hey, can you share this video? Um, Everybody that they come into contact with, they treat like family. And they were like, I didn't even realize that they knew who I was after the Dance for Your Freedom because I was contacted by Noah um, to be in the music video. And I met them at the music video. And then I have them, like, they added everybody on Facebook. They contacted me, knew me by name, like made everything really personable um and I brought a couple of people to the rompin one and the next time that they saw them they oh yeah hi how are you like talk to them by name so they remember everybody um and they just they treat everybody like family so 
when I say involved, like keeping everybody involved, it's not just a, oh, hey, can you do this for us? It's a, no, we want to involve you. And then people are just automatically wanting to promote them because of just how awesome they are as people. Something we haven't addressed that I think is interesting about this area is you have a lot of venues where they'll have a band, a live band, play the music that people are dancing to. We don't have as much of that in uh, Northern California compared, first of all, just because we don't have as many bars uh, mm-hmm. that, that do line dancing. But what would be your guys' go-to dances at different speed levels? Because I know those will differ from the ones we have mm-hmm. up north where uh, they might do like Sweet Sensation or Tropicana Parking Lot, but I don't think those are as popular down here. A lot of Alley Cat up north. Alley Cat. Uh, what, what would be if you had like a slower-paced, like Redneck Angel speed dance uh, or song that's being played, what might be some of the options that you guys would think of? And how does that even happen? Does somebody just say, hey, let's do blah, or does the band do it? And then going up the speed level, uh, what are some other common call-outs for let's do this one? Um, sometimes the band announces. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they'll be like, okay, and up next we have a slap and leather for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only some of them and only some of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it is um, each bar typically has their normal bands that they work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the regulars kind of already know what's in their set list um, or know what are the possibilities that are going to be in the set list. So they've already pretty much figured out, oh, you can do this to this song and this to this song so then they'll start playing it and the regulars for for that specific bar will start doing whatever dance or call out oh we're gonna do this to this dance Mm -hmm. and everybody just kind of follows suit Mm -hmm. what would some of those be because um i i know it's sort of like um, a fish identifying water when you're in it yeah Uh, the things that we consider to be our normal dances. I, I know that Elliot has given lists like this on his Dream on Dance channel where, where he'll say things like, oh, this is what every country bar will play. You got your MIB, Watermelon Crawl, mm-hmm. After Party. I'm thinking, like, well, After Party? We only see that in one bar sometimes, like <laughs> once every three months, but down here. If that. Yeah, down here, that's like a major yeah. dance. So what would be your guys' major dances um, that you can count on everywhere? Even if you think, oh, well, I don't, I don't need to say this one because this goes without saying. But no, Cupid Shuffle. Go ahead and say it. Okay. Well, Cupid Shuffle. Okay. Wobble. Mm-hmm. Um, electric Slide is hit or miss. Hmm. Um, walk the Line. Which we also don't have up there. Um, that one's a pretty popular one. Um, Redneck Angel is very, very popular. Mm. What are some of the songs that you do with that? Because we really only have like one or two uh, that, that are options where we are. Um, honestly, we do it to so many different songs down here. Mm-hmm. Um, we do it to Merry Go Round, um, Something Bad by Miranda Lambert. That's one we hear. Um, T-Shirt by Thomas Rhett. Ooh, I haven't tried that one. Um, what else? There's a lot of more um, like hip hop style songs that you can do it to, or that it has been done to. Um, but those are probably the the three main ones. Okay. Um, it's just it's such a easy dance to kind of mix to different songs, so mm-hmm. that's why it's a big popular one to do. 
Right. So we got Cupid Shuffle, Wobble, Redneck Angel. Walk the Line, Outlaw. Mm-hmm. Um, tush Push. Mm-hmm. Slap and Leather. Uh, watermelon Crawl is hit or miss, depending on which bar you go to. Hmm. Okay. Um, Power Jam is another one that's hit or miss. It's either super popular or not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, those would probably be be the main ones that mm. are always, okay. always, <laughs> uh, and have been around for a while. Uh, good time is hit or miss. Okay. Um, dizzy is hit or miss. Mm. Um, like some places play it every every night. Some places don't play it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, same with good time. Um, Chill factor. Chill Factor's done pretty much everywhere, yeah. Okay. Chill Factor's done pretty much everywhere. Um, asking Questions is another hit or miss. Double D? Double D is hit or miss. Huh. Some places do it every single night, and other places don't do it at all. Yeah, we um, tried to introduce it up there because we figured it would be right up their alley. It's yeah. It's like all over the place here, but yeah, I haven't seen any requests for it lately. Yeah, it's, it's very, very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, no vacancy. Ain't too cool. Any of Trevor's other ones? Um, no vacancy. You'll see done majority of places, but it's usually done in conjunction with some sort of partner dance cha cha style. Mm-hmm. Um, ain't too cool. It. I, we do it at Beck's. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it done at like Elliot's workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it done at some other places late in the night if they've had enough requests for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, again, hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Mm. What would be one dance you would want to see at every bar venue? And anything that maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't need to exclude. <laughs> um, dances that I would like to see at, like, most of the bar venues. Um, and they might well, already I know, be. I know more dessert is actually done at a fairly decent amount of bars mm. out here. It's done at Beck's. It's done at um, Oil Can Harry's. It's done at Cowboy Country. It's done at In Cahoots Fullerton. Um, so that one is a, a really fun one that I do enjoy doing. Um, probably maybe like Shady or... Um, new thing would be, I think would be really fun. Um, uh, clap, clap, clap would be really fun to do. Go Amy Glass. <laughs> I love that dance. <laughs> Which I, I learned that she used to compete in jump roping. Did she? Yes. I learned that because, um, when the dancing Rex did her dance, clap, clap, clap at spring fling, um, she danced next to the Rex, and the tail kind of swings, and she was jump roping over the tail, <laughs> <laughs> which I found very impressive. <laughs> um, how are dances actually spread down here? Because, like, for example, Shape of You, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer's Shape of You, that seems to have, like, crossed over into a lot of different uh, instructors' playlists, but... How is that managed when, like, everybody's really running their own bar, their own scene? Um, do they all, like, is there some secret meeting that they, they have? Like, how do they decide? Um, they got the... gadget rings and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Social media. Hmm. Um, a lot of it is, like, for instance, coming from the, 
from working at Beck's mm-hmm. and working closely with Camille when we put our um, our lists together of dances that we want to introduce or, or what we're going to teach for the next month. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we look at is we look at the lists on other bars and what they're teaching. Um, that way we don't fall too far behind because obviously we want to teach dances that our crowd is going to enjoy and want to do, but we also want to teach them dances that if they do choose to go somewhere else, they can do them there too. Mm -hmm. Um, we have a very, very close knit, uh, community down here. Um, so once one person starts introducing a dance to their bar, um, if one or two other people start saying that they're going to teach it, everybody else is going to teach it. Huh. Um, and you also have people like um, Tarina, uh, who teaches at multiple different venues, or Anne-Marie, who teaches at multiple different venues. So then you have, say, like, uh, for instance, Shape of You was first taught at Beck's, because that is Jennifer's uh, hometown and home bar. Um, so Camille taught Shape of You and Elliot found a video of, um, somebody else doing it at some other country. And he was just joking around and saying, oh, you, you know, you've made it big when, Mm -hmm. um, somebody outside of your group or outside of your country is, is doing your dance. And then people saw that and so like Tarina saw it and was like oh I really like that song I really like that dance I'm gonna start teaching it at all of my venues Mm -hmm. and then Anne-Marie sees it not saying that that's the order that it went in but then Anne-Marie would see it and say oh well this is being done at this place this place this place this place and this place so now I need to teach it at all of my places and it kind of just spreads that way so social media is big Hmm. on how a dance gets spread out here Hmm. Are there any regular dances at Beck's that maybe you haven't mentioned yet? Like, I was surprised to see Black Coffee there, but, like, is that a normal thing that's uh, played there? Or Black any Coffee is a, is a fairly normal okay. one that we do there. Um, we also do Rio. Oh. Um, is a fairly normal one, but we do it at the beginning of the night, mm-hmm. more, uh, more towards the beginning. Um, Four Star Boogie, we do a lot. I hadn't even heard of that one. Um, yeah. It's a lot of older dances. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see. We do, uh, you mentioned, was it Tropicana parking mm-hmm. lot? We do that one. Um, we do a dance called Bring It. Um, Get Rhythm, Gatlin Boogie. Um, but again, those are usually played earlier in the night mm-hmm. um, with the crowd that has been with us for a long time because they usually come early because they want to get as much dancing in as possible and then the newer people start coming in a little bit later and that's when we start playing more of like the tush push and watermelon crawl and all of those things um but yeah those are a lot of the kind of dances that nobody really knows about that we do uh mm-hmm. buck and sexy yeah never um, heard of that until last night <laughs> <laughs> what would be the dance you would show somebody if you wanted to get them hooked? Like beginner level, but still kind of fun and uh, energetic enough that that'll be their hook for line dancing. Um, right now, I would probably have to say Stomp Like What by John O. Lieberman. Hmm. Um, it's 
very involved. The track is very upbeat, very fun. Um, the dance is very easy. Um, and it's very, you know, you think of, you know, you get to stomp and you get to clap and you get to kick and you get to do all these different things. And it's fun to do, even though it's a, an easy dance, even for somebody who has a lot of dancing experience, it's still a lot of fun to do. Um, so I'd probably use that one mm-hmm. to kind of get them hooked because then it's enough energy that they feel like they're doing something and, but not too much that they feel overwhelmed with it. So to kind of branch off of that question, they're now hooked. What dance would you show them for an event? For an event. To get them to go to those. Um, it depends on what their dancing style is, to be honest. Because hmm. if there's somebody who leans more towards like the hip hop, um, then obviously I would probably show them something that's more... E- either way, I'd probably try to show them something that's more phrased. Um, so that they can see the difference between, oh, you know, you have these dances that you do the same thing all the way through. Mm. But you also have these dances that you can do that work really well to the song, but you do have to change it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so either way, I would introduce them to something phrased, but it depends on their dance style or their music style, mm-hmm. which one I would show, probably. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense, because for a lot of phrased dances... You, if, they, if they're not familiar with the song, then you tell them, well, listen to this song a bunch of times in your car and you'll hear this part coming. But if they already like that song, then you can be like, oh, hey, you know that really cool part where it goes like this at the end? There's a part of the dance that goes right to that. Yeah. So they already know. They're already prepped. And they'll be excited that they can do something special for that part of the music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. Because I know like, I'll hear certain dances and be like, oh, I need to show so-and-so from Sonoma State Line Dance Club this dance because I know they're just going to be hooked on it mm-hmm. versus something else where I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, they probably wouldn't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have any other questions before we hit our... I think for the most part, I've asked them. Cool. All right. Is there anything that you've wanted to say before we ask our last um, question? Mm, no, not really. All right. Well, in that case... What dance would you recommend everyone go out and learn right now? Hmm. Probably Everybody Have a Good Time by Rick Dominguez. Because hmm. that's kind of one of my more favorites right now. It's really fun. It's really funky. There's no tags, no restarts for people who don't like them. Um, and there's a lot of spots that you could really have a lot of fun with. Well, thank you very much for joining us and chatting line dance for this past however long it's been. It's been an hour and ten minutes. Thank oh, you wow. all for those of you uh, in your cars or living rooms or bathtubs or wherever you happen to be listening to this. Uh, for, an airplane. Uh, airplane. <laughs> Head to some event. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> uh, we, we will uh, be seeing you out at the clubs tonight. And for everyone at home, we, we hope to see you in the near future as well.